Atlanta Braves took two out of three from the Detroit Tigers today in Detroit with the sweep of the Tigers in today's doubleheader. Uh, but it scores at 10-7-6-5. Atlanta will come home to a successful road uh, home stand against Colorado tomorrow. This is ATL Prime Sports. I'm Todd Quarter. Our producer, Wayne, on to my right on the screen. And of course, calling in the voice, the public address announcer of your Rome Braves, Larry Gardner. Welcome, Larry. AJJ's not here today. And uh, guys, welcome. All right. Glad to be on. Glad to be on, TC. We have not been on together in forever. Our schedules are a mess but I'm hoping to change that now for at least the remainder of the summer. All right, guys, we can start the show. You can get a hold of all of us at ATL Prime Sports, myself at Quarter Todd, Larry at LG4 Real Though, JJ at JJ Get You One, Wayne, our producer at RWY Jr. You can go all see all our shows on Twitter Spaces, some of them. Uh, on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and et cetera. And we had a show today at 3 o'clock that was live on Twitter Spaces. Uh, AJC investigative reporter Alan Judd joined me for a conversation regarding the Georgia football program and all the off-the-field issues they've had since Kirby Smart has been head coach. Go check that out. I think it was a uh, fair interview. Uh, from each side, each perspective, and uh, check it out. We appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and talk about our topic tonight, Major League Baseball and the Atlanta Braves. We let off with it. To me, the biggest story, Larry and Wayne, isn't the Braves sweeping two from the Tigers, even though it's very important because it keeps them five games up in the NL East with a record of 42-26, and Miami 37-31. and But Jesse Chavez dodged a bullet off the bat of Miguel Cabrera today. He had, he, he took it right in the shin bone. Uh, there's more tests to be done. X-rays are negative, said Brian Snicker. Snicker and, and you know, Larry, to me, this was huge news because he's been an all-star for Atlanta and this has been his best year of his career. He's always had great years with Atlanta. He's been with several teams in a major leagues. I, I want to say seven or eight. And I don't know what it is about wearing the A and the Braves tomahawk across the chest, but Javi Ch- Jesse Chavez loves it. No, he's he's been great, man, this year. And I'm, I'm pushing the big bandwagon for him to be an all-star this year because the most ever-traded player in the history of Major League Baseball is an all-star knocking on the door to being 40 years old. That's almost unheard of in this era of Major League Baseball. But he has been the the most steady bullpen hand for the Atlanta Braves all season long. Even with a injury-ridden pitching staff, Jesse Chavez has been the one constant that if, if Snicker made that call to the bullpen and he comes in, you can just about guarantee that he's not going to make the lead any bigger than what it is when he when he leaves. And those those having that kind of reliability in this day and age, that is few and far between. But he is definitely in my book. He is definitely an all star. But but you make a good point, TC. The 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 main story today is not the fact that they swept the doubleheader, the the uh, the both games of the doubleheader. But the big story is 
A, Spencer Strider is probably going to have to develop a third pitch for him to be the type of big league starter that we as Atlanta Braves fans want him to be. Because once people start figuring out the fastball and the slider, the harder you throw it when people hit it, the further it goes. So I would love to see somebody teach him a split finger fastball or even a sinker. And I think it would allow him to get to the level that we as Braves fans would like for them to see. That's number one. Number two, the return of Michael Money Harris doing Michael Money Harris things. I was so happy to see him have the games that he's had today. And and I even posted it on Twitter, TC. You don't need to get into a, 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 a batting where you're trying to out-hit people um, 10 to 7, 9 to 6. It's good that you know you can, but as the closer you get to the playoffs, you're going to have to have some somebody in this pitching staff is going to have to step up so that we can have some reliability. Your thoughts? Well, we'll take one subject at a time. Actually, I, I'm going to talk about all these subjects, and I like it. You and I are on the same page. That's, that's a lot of fun. Um, Chavez, we'll start there first. What, 31st appearance? Uh, he's like fine wine. He's getting better with age. His ERA is, what, 1.55? He has a say, but that's not the number to me. The number to me is stopping and making so many appearances out of the bullpen and shutting the other team down. So if Atlanta's behind, they can take the lead. And if they're ahead, they can keep the lead. To me, this is incredible. I I think he deserves an all-star berth this year. And, you know, being a reliever, as you know, Wayne and Larry, it's a lot of it. The players decide a lot of this along with the coaches and the managers and executives and et cetera. So that's not part of the fan vote for the all-star game. So I like his chances. And when a team's in first place, Larry, as you know, they always get the benefit of the doubt with more players in an all-star game. Uh, Let's see. You talked about, oh, yeah, you talked about uh, Spencer Strider. It wasn't pretty today. You mentioned about the third pitch. Look, he's seven and two. He won in game one. He went, what, seven innings. He gave up five runs, five earned, two base on balls, and what, six strikeouts. But he gave up three homers, and one of them was Miguel Cabrera, which happened to be his mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, not, some of those home runs might not have been home runs today, but Larry and Comerica and Wayne, the wind was blowing out. Usually it blows in. It's a huge park. And the fences are closer now than they were when the park was configured back in 1999-2000. was the last year of Tiger Stadium, 2000, first year of Comerica. Comerica, but you're right about Strider. And to me about Strider, it's about where you're locating your fastball and you're missing with your off-speed pitch. And then you mentioned the pitch that's straight from my heart, Larry, the split-fingered fastball. You know, Roger Craig is the one that taught it to Jack Morris um, back in the 80s when Sparky Anders was the coach and uh, Roger Craig was the, uh, you know, Sparky Anders was the manager. Roger Craig was a pitching coach and he made that pitch uh, so successful for Jack Morris when they won the World Series, went 35 and 5 star, bless you boys, and won the whole thing. They led from wire to wire. He taught Jack Morris 
that pitch. And Roger Craig, who passed away uh, last week, was a pure class act, great manager for the Giants, took San Francisco to the playoffs, and just had a tremendous baseball career. And you, you, you the, the split-fingered fastball, as soon as you said that, that reminded me of, of, of a podcast that I heard earlier in the week. You're right about Spencer Strider, no question. You know, he started off what Strider did, 3-0 in April, 1.80 ERA. In May, he was, what, 2-2 two two with a 4 ERA. And this month, he is 1-0, but his ERA is at 9. And, Larry, he does need a third pitch. You're right. No, I would love to see him get to the point. Now, and he's got people around him that could do it. The question is, you know, how 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 often could you even get Smolsey around him to teach him that third or even a fourth pitch so he could build the type of longevity that we want him to be because we're going to need him down the stretch, T.C. Oh, no question. I mean, especially the injuries to Max Freed, you know, the forearm, expected to be back in mid-July, you never know. And then, of course, Kyle Wright with a shoulder injury, and he's out till at least July 22nd. That's two-fifths of your rotation. You're having to throw guys in like Dodd today who don't look ready. Remember the Tigers, who all of a sudden started hitting the this, the, the baseball this series, Larry. Larry, they were, and, and Wayne, they were, they scored the least amount of runs in Major League Baseball this year. And they still have, even though they had a good series. Um, I mean, Torkinson turned into Babe Ruth a couple of times this series. When he's the number one pick, Tiger fans expect that from him. But uh, he really has been missing a lot this year until this series. But, you know, Larry, I, I yeah, the record is good for Atlanta. He, they'll, they'll most likely win the division, but it's going to be a lot tougher with your two-fifths of your rotation out, and it'll be impossible to navigate the playoffs if these guys aren't healthy because it's all about timing and where your starting pitching is and whether it's healthy because, as you know, you can't win without it. No, you can't win without it. And and I know it seems like we're coming down doom and gloom and everything else, but, you know, the the story that really people really need to pay attention to is Atlanta is just amazing to be where they are. Yeah, that's we, just a drunk call. And I, I'm was, still here. I was trying to gather my thought, but it's amazing Atlanta is where they are in spite of the 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 injuries that just just depleted the pitching staff. You know, um, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year that Atlanta was going to be down Max Freed, they were going to be down, um, they were going to be down Kyle, they were going to be down Ian Anderson, Bryce Elder was going to be your your best pitcher. And you'd have told me that they were going to be in first first place. I'd have told you you were smoking some good stuff from Wayne's side of town. <laughs> you know what, Elder, uh, and, and you mentioned Strider, uh, and then also Charlie Morton, the old veteran. You know, it seems like Larry and, and Wayne these these old guys. It seems like they the more they throw, the more they get better. They're like fine wine. And we've had some other older pitchers in Major League Baseball this year have outstanding seasons. Uh, it, it, it's something it, the arms today, uh, back in the day a little bit. I mean, this isn't going far back in the day, but even more back in the day. 
they can throw 135 pitches a game. And today, if it reaches 90, the fire alarm goes off in the dugout. No, you're you're absolutely right. But, you you know, we talk about our ages and stuff and how we watch baseball. You know, long gone are the days, and I'm not even going to go too far back, are the Roger Clemenses and the Pedro Martinez's and the Randy Johnson's or the Kurt Schilling's that were going to pitch nine full innings regardless of what it was going. It's gotten so specialized to the point to where if you've got a starter that can give you six, you're good to go. Now you just need three, maybe four bullpen arms that, of course, including your starter, to try to help finish the game out for you. Problem with that is, is now that you incorporate these bullpen games, which I detest and abhor worse than God hates sin, but if you continue to do that, what you do is you begin to tax your bullpen. And then what happens is, is you're, it's a given fact. You know how you always say about follow the money, you'll find your answer and about everything else? Well, the one thing in baseball you can find your answer in is there's going to be somebody in the bullpen who's going to have an off night, and you just don't know when it is. It's like walking in a minefield. You may step around it, but eventually you're going to find something that's going to blow you up. And well, you're unfortunately, right. I was going to say you're so right. Um, I would rather have an organization bring up a starter from AAA if he's doing pretty well then go to a bullpen day because you're right, Larry, you're going to tax that bullpen. And by the time you get to the end of the season, and if you're good enough to make the playoffs, if you taxed your bullpen and it's shot, you don't have a chance because guys aren't throwing like Roger Clemens or, or Clayton Kershaw or Justin Verlander or, or, or Max Scherzer who are, that's another story. They're struggling. Kershaw's not, but Verlander and Scherzer are in the Mets paid. 80 million for that and it's really not working out for him right now maybe it will during his second half of the season there's a long way to go but you're right and and you know what larry not only is it different from a pitching standpoint larry and wayne but it's different from a hitting standpoint when the yankees had those dynasties in the 90s they weren't a home run hitting team they were a team that worked the pitch count put the ball in play and use their starting pitching, and of course, Mariano Rivera at the end of the day. And they would just base hit you to death, and they didn't even have a 30-guy home run hitter during those 90s. That's how much the game has changed, Larry. Well, it's all, listen, Maddox Smokes and Glavin said it best in the 90s. Chicks dig the long ball. (laughs) And with, with with fantasy sports, the rise of the betting culture and being able to bet on any and everything with a device in your hand and the ability to be able to move the needle with the home run so much, you know, that's why baseball has become what it's become. And it's also why if you can get a hitter that's hitting 275, now that's a good batting average. Whereas you look 15, 20 years ago, 300 was a uh, 300 hitter was a good hitter. If you get in the 330s like your your Tony Gwynn's or your your Derek Jeter's, um, those what you call your Ichiro's or your guaranteed contact hitters, you know, you have people that you knew were okay fulfilling the role and they were okay being who they were. They knew they were not going to be 30, 40, 50 home run hitting guys. They were okay hitting 300, 
330, accumulating 80 to 100 doubles, and driving in 75 to 100 RBI. You know, now if you don't hit 40 to 50 home runs, people look at you, ah, you're toast. You know, truth be told, the Atlanta Braves have seven legitimate people who could easily, if playing every day, hit 30 home runs in that lineup. No doubt. No in doubt. the 90s and early 2000s, that was unheard of. And you know what? You made a great point. The lineup is not only deep, but it's powerful, and it's powerful off the bench. I think Atlanta has the best lineup in the National League. In the American League, it's probably in the top three, but the National League is definitely the top. And, and speaking of lineup, let's start at the top and talk about Ronald Lacuna. Now, this is a guy, what, 15 homers, 40-something RBIs, hitting 333. He's got 29 stolen bases. Okay, the stolen base rules have definitely inflated that number. And, you know, I would love to see Ron Lacuna at Comerica Park every day because he would be spraying the ball all over the place and his power, and he'd increase his doubles and triples because the outfield is massive. And he can run. He's kind. He's really an old school player. Is Ronald Acuna the only part that's not old school, Larry? Is when he hit the ball and a screw the first time up today to third base and didn't, didn't even decide to run down to first base. That was forbidden back in the day. That's something I'd like to see change. But everything else, he really hustles and he's fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. And I'll even go two steps further with you. If, if he continues this pace, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, this is probably his best statistical year of his career up to this point. Yep. He's running away with the MVP voting in the NL, and it's not oh, even going to be close. No doubt. No doubt. And guess you know, what? I, I wonder how many stolen bases he'll have. Could he get to 100? It's possible if he stays healthy. 90 to 100. Well, no, no, no. You're right. But the the key thing, I think he's got a target number. If he does what, let's just say he goes 30-70, he'll be the first person to do that since the 1987 Cincinnati Reds player, Eric Davis. Oh, man. You just number 44. There's a number 44. Yes, Cincinnati that's pretty good today. We can discuss that before we, uh, before we go off the air. But, yeah. Hey, Larry, let's go to um, – Let's go back to Harris. You know, I bet JJ that Harris will have a 280 average at the end of the year. He's what is he at now? Uh, 221. He was down in the mid 100s uh, on Monday. Went three for four with an RBI, and the first game today went four for four with four RBIs. I know he was 0 for four in game two, but he's back and. He's hitting better than his stats show because he's hitting the ball in the screws. Oh, most definitely. I, I, some guys, you know, everybody goes through their sophomore slump. It happens. This happened from the the great ones to the Hall of Famers. That's why they call it the sophomore slump for a reason. Yep. But the thing that I like about it is, is even in the midst of his slump, he was knocking the cover off the baseball. He was just hitting it right at people. And sometimes, even when you tinker with some things, and we saw that last year when he was coming up from Rome, 
You know, they were trying to make so many hitting adjustments. By the time he got to Triple A, they wanted him to lose some weight because he was a little chunky. Well, he started losing weight, but then he also went back into a slump. So he gets on the bus. He starts, tells him to stop at a convenience store, and he buys up all of these junk foods. And the trainer sees him doing it and scolds him. He's like, what in the world are you doing? He said, I hit better when I'm chunky. You know what? I'd let him hit chunky all day, too, Larry. I think that's a great story. And he's just a big, built guy. He looks older than his age, and his physique to me looks older than his age. And that's a compliment, by the way. I think the guy is an outstanding player. And, Larry, you know what set him back, too? Is he got hurt earlier in the year. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They adjust. The pitchers adjust. Once they get a book on you, they can read you. Then it's up to the hitter next to adjust. No, you're right. It's literally like it is like any other sport. We saw with the NBA Finals, you know, the the Miami Heat came through and they won one of the games. And Coach Mike Malone figured out a way to adjust, to, to exploit what Miami wanted to do. And they ended up running away with the series. Same thing here as a hitter. Once they get the book on you, a pitcher will begin to find your weaknesses and try to exploit them. As you do, as you learn, if you want to be a proficient hitter, and one of my favorite hitters of all time, I've heard him say this multiple times, and that's Rod Carew, legendary hitter with the Twins and the Angels. He would always say, you got to continue to watch what you do wrong so you can fix it, and then you get better at it. That's right. He's done that. You're so right, and – you know, these young guys that come up, they start banging the ball off the cover, and then the pitchers make the adjustment, their average goes down, then the hitter makes the adjustment. And that's when you can tell whether that hitter is going to stick in the major leagues is that second adjustment. If he makes it and he hits, then, uh, you know, he's going to have a great career. And I'll tell you what, speaking of a, a career that has been turned around in an adjustment, is Arcia. My goodness, this guy... He belongs on the all-star roster, too, for Atlanta. He was, what, two for four in, 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 in you know, he's hitting 331. I mean, what a what a player at shortstop for three years and wow, what's, what's his seven and a half million, whatever his contract is. In today's world, Larry, that is a steal, and he can play some D. Dansby who? No, I said RC. No, 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 oh, no, no. Cool. I was saying it on, no, no. on, on purpose. Dansby who? Yeah, Dansby who? Yeah, we're not we're not missing Dansby at all. Um, although a lot of Braves fans would probably disagree with me. But from what we have been able to get out of Orlando Arcia that's been so unexpected is him hitting for average and his defensive glove has been phenomenal. And if he keeps this up, he's well on his way to a gold glove. And again, Credit Alex Anthopoulos with believing in his talent, knowing that Orlando could handle he could handle the position and make things happen. And you you just for at, at the beginning of the season, I'm not gonna tell you a story. At the beginning of the season, I was afraid because you know once you got through uh, Ronnie and Matt Olson and Austin Riley and Sean Murphy or Travis Darno before he got hurt and Ozzy. It was like, okay, now we got Ozuna. I Oh, we don't know what, what we uh, – is it going to be – well, is it going to be Rosario? I you know, you didn't think you was going to get that same production 
from the bottom three or four that you did from the top of the half or the top two-thirds of the order. So right now, I think Orlando RC is leading shortstops in the National League voting for All-Star. Well-deserved. Keep up the good work. I'll tell you, um, one through nine, I was thinking about it when you said this. I said uh, the only other team that I think NL or AL they could probably give them a run for their money, one through nine, is the Texas Rangers with Mr. Wayne, my man, in Memphis. And and uh, unfortunately, they, they caught a buzzsaw with the Tampa, uh, Tampa with not Tampa, with um, or um, doggone it, with the Oakland A's and the thing going there, that. but. Angels. Los Angeles Angels. Yeah. Well, they mm-hmm. also buzzsaw so, Tampa. Texas lost two out of three. Mm-hmm. But you so know what? We all go through it, you know. Right. You know what? Wayne loves my all-star ballot. I I, I don't know if I sent it to you, Larry, or not. I can't recall. Maybe I, I think I sent it to all three of you. It's got three Texas Rangers on there, and I thought Wayne was going to reach the phone and kiss me. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was so – he was like, man, I really like your ballot. Yeah. You know what? Well, I mean, there's so many on there that deserve it, though. Texas is playing phenomenal baseball. And yep, unfortunately, uh, you, you yep, got go Jacob DeGrom who's gone down for the year, but, I mean, they're playing great baseball, Wayne. Yeah. Well, uh, two of the picks that Todd had are the same ones that I've got. Uh, but I have uh, – Who's that? Added, uh, uh, Simeon and Jung. Yep. And uh, the only one that I've got that's different than yours is their catcher, uh, Heim. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Well, so you do have the you do have the uh, the uh, Corey Seager. You have him as an All Star, right, for Texas? No, because I had Corey Seager too. Well, I had uh, Simeon. Uh, yep, I Jung, had Simeon. Uh, Simeon Jung and Haim is who I've got. I don't have Seager. I had I had the second baseman you mentioned. Yeah, Simeon, uh, Corey Seager, and Jung. That that was my three All Star uh, players from um, from Texas, guys. I can tell you what the Cincinnati Reds. This is the last topic. We'll, I got let we got to go. Um, the Cincinnati Reds are starting to remind me they're young. Um, they're bringing up several players from the minors: Matt McLean, the shortstop, and Ellie De La Cruz, another mid, uh, middle infielder who's playing shortstop and third base. And the Reds will be bringing up another uh, player uh, from Louisville real soon. And Carcione Strand, this team has young pitching. Um, I really could see them take the Central in the second half of the season. You know, Larry, they play old school baseball. They don't hit a lot of home runs. They steal a ton of bases. They advance runners. They got a darn good bullpen. It's really improved from the first half of the season. If their young pitching takes off like Atlanta's did in 91, and maybe they pick up a veteran presence. I don't know if the Reds will with budget concerns. Uh, Cincinnati could really make a, a a big time run. Atlanta goes to Cincinnati next week. That'll be a measuring stick for the Reds, along with playing Houston this weekend. Uh, in Houston, you know, the Reds have taken two out of three from the Dodgers. They have a chance to sweep the Royals. They, you know, they, they, they played well against the Cubs. So, um, you know, the, but this Matt McLean hitting over 330, he's been in the league a month. You have to give him a chance for an all-star game. And then the guy that says from the Dominican Republic, Ellie De La Cruz, I'm the fastest man in the world. <laughs> he's, he, 
This guy stole the base in every game he's played in, except for the one yesterday. It was the first time he didn't get a hit. He's, he has struck out at a high rate, so he's got to learn to stay off the, the off-speed pitches, high, you know, low and outside. He's got to be – once he once he figures that out, he surely can hit the fastball. And I know you've seen him play, haven't you, Larry? Yes, I have. And, you know, you used uh, the analogy of the 90-91 Atlanta Braves. But I'll give you a team that's even more recent that you can look at as a, a – a blueprint as to what Cincinnati's doing, and that's the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, they were doing the same thing last year with a bunch of young talent, and now they've gotten it groomed. And now look at them. They're leading leading the Central Division right now wide open. You know, Cincinnati's on their coattails, but that's exactly what we saw last year with Pittsburgh. They took their lumps. They started calling up young talent, and now look like year over year, you see what they're doing. Cincinnati's doing the same thing. They are playing small ball that puts pressure on pitchers and pressure on defense because one thing you cannot teach is you cannot teach speed. And speed, no matter what, I don't care what event it is other than golf, speed kills. It sure does. It never goes in a slump. Pittsburgh's got two proven pitchers. One is Mitch Keller, who's having a great career, and the other one, who's 40-something years old, 43, and Rich Hill. I mean, talk about being over the hill, but being really good. Those two are really helping the Pirates rotation. We don't know how long they'll stay in it. O'Neal Cruz, who's like Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, uh, He was named, uh, O'Neal Cruz was named after Paul O'Neal. That's who his parents named him after. He's from the DR2. O'Neal Cruz is hurt. Hopefully he'll come back before the end of the year for the Pirates. And you know what? That's going to be a fun central division, no doubt, Larry. It will be. I I don't know if Pittsburgh can hang on. They do have more pop with Jack Sawinski in the middle of the order, but they don't take as many bases. But uh, uh, Andrew McCutcheon has all of a sudden had a just a wonderful year with Pittsburgh, and he's been revised since he's been there. You know, you talk about the veteran presence that yep. Cincinnati might need. I think that veteran presence for Pittsburgh yep. is what's got them where they are. If Cincinnati could get one somebody, and it may be somebody that people have long forgotten about, thinking they're over the hill, no pun intended, you know, long in the tooth or whatnot, to come back and just mentor these kids, to teach them how to be professional major league ball players. I'm telling you, look out, Cincinnati, the, the big red machine, 3.0, 2.0, might hey, be right hey, back there at the Great American Ballpark. Larry, that is the biggest band box, and we're going to wrap up the show here as I was getting ready to. It's 834 Eastern. Um, Joey Bottle's the guy. He's going to come back. He's not very far away. He's down in Louisville now with the bats, and he's swinging a good bat. That could be the veteran presence in the lineup to help Cincinnati. We'll see if they pick up an arm. That'll do the show, guys. I really had a lot of fun tonight. You can catch all of us again at ATL Prime Sports. Myself at Quarter Todd. Larry at LG4 Real Doe. JJ at JJ Get You One. And, of course, our producer, Wayne in Memphis at RWY Jr. Go check out all our shows all over Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Uh, Go check out the show we did on Twitter Spaces today with Alan Judd, uh, the investigative reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 
talking about the off the field issues with the Georgia football program. And of course, a lot of the blame goes to the CEO of Georgia football, Kirby Smart, but I don't think it does. I think there's a lot to blame to go around. And we talked about that during the show. Check it out on Twitter spaces. You can get it at all of our accounts. That'll do it, guys. Thanks a lot. I really enjoyed the show, Larry. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. And uh, Wayne, thanks as always. And we'll talk to you guys later. We'll see you next week. Thank you.